Welcome to the Faith Church Peshtigo podcast. You can connect with us online at faithpeshtigo.com. We're also on Facebook. Just search for Faith Church Peshtigo. Today's podcast features a conversation between Pastor Robbie and myself, Christoph, as we talk about the sermon from July 19th, 2020. Can we start with that? <laughs> that's, a, that's a great one. That didn't, that didn't peak when I did that another month? No, no. Oh, good. That's a great way to start. Welcome, everybody. We're so glad that you are listening to the Faith Church Podcast. This morning is a very special podcast. I'm very excited. I like when we when we can mix it up a little bit. And so if you are in the habit of listening to this all the time, uh, we're glad that we still have you with us. Um, but typically on Tuesdays, it's uh, Jay and myself, and we are talking through the Sunday morning message. But if you were here on Sunday or if you tuned in, you know that this last Sunday, it was Christoph who uh, who preached the sermon, and so I am very excited to be here with Christoph Ketzbeck. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing all right. Yeah, and and here's, a, here's the nice thing about having the dude who produces all of it. I actually know the number of the episode we're on, and so Jay, I won't. be so excited. So welcome to episode 34. There you go. Episode 34. We'll get, I'll tell Jay so we can get back on track for next time. He'll be thrilled. <laughs> Every time I'm listening to it post-production and he's wrestling with that. He will be thrilled. Should probably just tell him at some point. Well, and it's easy enough for us to check 20 seconds before the podcast, but we yeah. don't evidently think about it until we're 20 seconds into recording the podcast, right, but right. then it's too late. So uh, I'm, I, I'm looking forward to, to hearing a little bit about Sunday's sermon. Um, first off, Christoph, I, 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 I told you beforehand, but I also want to say on air, I've been so encouraged and, and truly feel like uh, you are just getting better and better each time you preach. And so Thank I you. was super encouraged by this last Sunday. Uh, I know the congregation was, and it's just, it's awesome seeing, um, seeing you get better and better at that each opportunity you have. Thank you. I, re- I really appreciate that. It's such a weird... I've grown up doing public speaking stuff. It's just like I, I did radio for a long time and youth ministry, but it's it's such a different environment. And it it's it really is getting into the mode of seeing the sermon as more than just a public speaking event, but as an act of worship together as a congregation. Yes, and so yes. I feel like as I've been trying to see the sermon more as that, it's it's helped me to when when getting the opportunity to preach to look at it like that mm. and to see it as an opportunity not to speak a passage at people but to right. worship alongside with people in this particular truth and so um i feel like that's really helped me out that's awesome and you're you're absolutely right there is definitely a a, a difference in uh, and you even mentioned it on sunday that difference between what's what's happening in you personally what's happening corporately that you mentioned that in prayer like you can give suggestions on on how to do that generally, but ultimately there's, there's a personal aspect of that that I need to contribute to that. So when you're pouring over the scripture and you're writing a sermon, um, there's there's aspects of that that are both corporate and personal. And, and so there's things that are going on that, that we learn um, and, and might be personally encouraging or convicting, but not necessarily, not that they're inappropriate for, but just don't fit in, in that corporate context. Yeah. What was something as you were praying through this passage as you're as you're pouring over Ephesians 2 that um that you found personally encouraging or convicting or challenging or anything like that? Yeah, I I think I mentioned it um very briefly, but I feel like last week 
the last two weeks, I spent about two weeks writing it. The one of the big things that really challenged me was there's this, the, the, there's the dead and there's the alive. There are the dead to our trespasses and alive in Christ. And um, I think it's very easy to just set up those two categories and run with those two categories, forgetting that those who are alive in Christ were once dead in their trespasses. Hmm. And and I I feel like for me there was a there was a lot of moments of just kind of reflecting on where God has how God has changed me over the last, I mean, I was saved when I was 16. Um, he was 2004. And so that's 16 years, 16 years ago. I'm getting old. Um, I probably shouldn't say that. I know I <laughs> upset people. They're like, okay. don't say that to somebody uh, who's yeah. quite a bit older than yeah. you. Um, but thinking about that, I, I think it's easy sometimes to, um, to just forget what, what God has saved you out of, to remember that you were dead in your trespasses and to, um, to, to, to remember that. And I, I feel like it grows in me. Like there, there were two things that really kind of grew through me through that process was, um, one remembering that and thanking God through it and just remembering, um, where he's brought me. But two, like it, it really challenged me to empathize more with those who are not alive in Christ. Mm-hmm. I think it's really easy to, um, just be like, you know, you are, you are in your sin and how could you be in that sin and how can you not even see it as sin and to forget that that was me once, you know? Right. So I, I feel yeah. like that was something I really, I wrestled through a lot personally mm. and that's very vague. I, there's a lot of specifics of what God brought me out of. There's a lot right. of specifics of who I'm empathizing. I, I think of very specific people and it challenged me then to pray for those specific people. It also challenged me to, um, thank God for saving me out of those specific sins. And so, um, I think that was, that was a really big thing that challenged me when, when writing this particular sermon. When you keep using the phrase, what God brought you out of, which I think is such a crucial phrase when, when we're thinking back on, I was dead and I am now alive to, to also acknowledge the reality that, and I didn't become alive by my own brilliant choices. Right. It wasn't because I am such right. a genius yeah. and, and I'm such a intrinsically great person that I made all these good choices and that poor chump over there just needs to make better choices or act uh, act better. But the reality that I, I, I was dead, as you said on Sunday, and dead people don't make choices. They don't make moves. Something must reanimate yeah. them. And it is the Holy Spirit of the living God of the universe that pulls us out of that. And so as you say, and not only am I remembering where I was, but I have empathy for someone who was there and, and, and rather than, you know, condemnation or, well, why can't you make this good choice? Like I did remember and you need God to rescue you just like I needed God to rescue me. And so then that, that, that paradigm shift where yeah. all of a sudden now I'm praying that God would rescue you rather than having ill feelings towards you about you just not making the right choices, right? Right, right. And and I feel like that falls under a, a, a few categories. Uh, as you're saying that, it, it makes me think of, you know, that we, we get so upset when we see people who are not believers acting in not believer ways. And it's, it's, <laughs> right, right. it's weird. <laughs> right. What do we expect them to do? And, and then we Why try... Why aren't you acting just like this thing that you don't believe or understand? Yeah. So, and, and the, or, or then the medicine we tend to offer is, well, just stop doing this thing and, you know, then you'll be good. Right. And it's like, well, no, that's not what saves them. Um, 
and and there's a myriad of things right now that not only like personally, but there are cultural sins that we're dealing with in the United States. And there's even like these political ones that we end up getting, uh, these, these things that end up getting politicized. And, um, it's, it's, it's crazy because I, I feel like when we get upset about it, when we allow it ourselves to be offended or, or angry, or we then try to fight against it, we, um, all, all we're doing is offering a, a gospel of works then at mm. that point. And right. And Paul very clearly says that the, the no, you're, they're not saved. They're not going to be saved by works. Your unsaved friend, your friend who is dead in their trespasses, your family member who is dead in their trespasses, they're not going to be saved because they stop doing a certain thing. Um, they're only going to be saved by God working in them to bring them to life. Mm-hmm. And and so I feel like it's a posture change of how you pray for them. You no longer pray for them to stop doing certain things. You pray that God would transform their hearts and. Um, and then like the second part of that is I, I feel like sometimes too, we end up falling into the category of like intellectually, like intellectual works. So now like not just the moral works, but then we try to argue people into loving God and yeah. we go, we, we can pull out all these fantastic apologetics and we can, you know, pull out all these fantastic facts and go, well, obviously God is, God exists because of that. And, you know, um, at that point, again, it's just another work. It's just another work of the mind to get them, and and that's not going to save. At right. best, they're going to say, "Oh, cool, a God exists," and then you're like, "Oh, no, 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 not a God exists. Like Jesus Christ right. exists. Right. Like He died and rose from the grave, and we want to. That's the gospel we want to preach and pray for for people. Uh, I think I think that's a really important distinction. And, and reveals if my, if my understanding is the, the way that you are going to be saved is by doing the right things or, uh, or holding the correct opinions about certain facts, then what I'm revealing is I, in my heart of hearts, I believe that's what was saving me. Right. Like I believe that yeah. is what's maintaining yeah. me, that I am doing the right things and I am believing the correct opinions and and if you would simply hold the same opinions that I do or do the things that I do, you will be saved by the same means that I was, which is the anti-gospel. That is, that reveals I don't actually believe what Jesus and Paul and Peter and James and John, uh, the all of the writers of the New Testament say the gospel is, which is it is apart from works, apart from dead works, and by the grace of God alone, through this conduit of faith, uh, so I, I think that's such an important distinction. Man, that's awesome. We're, we're off to a really good start here. Yeah, like I think that. so. What, um, so as you're, even even in making that shift from what's challenging you personally and, and, and what's going on corporately, we know um, that some things just end up hitting the cutting room floor. Either yeah. either it doesn't really fit in in what your, you know, the overall message that you're, that you're trying to lift from that word or... Um, or all, all kinds of reasons, um, sometimes just because we don't want the message to be two and a half hours long. <laughs> right. things, things get cut. Uh, w- was there anything this last week that that you kind of wanted to be in there, but just didn't make it for whatever reason? Yeah. So you you know me well enough to know that I like I love. I feel like um, there's all sorts of history behind the scriptures when they're written that just illuminate it and make it even more robust. Yeah. yeah. And, um, 
I, I hit on it just a little bit on Sunday morning and then I like had to, I, I knew I had to cut it off. I was like, okay, it was written to this church and we're done. Like we won't go any further, but um, it was really cool. I, I made sure to have the, the Bible, the, the passage up because I wanted to unpack this or just at least share it. Cause I thought it was really cool. Um, Paul makes, uh, he changes who he's talking to within the first three verses. Yeah. And I love oh, it. I think it's so cool. And in a, a commentary I was reading on it was, was talking about how, it probably he was probably changing from talking to the Greeks to then talking to uh, the Jews, but in the also the sense it was talking to those who are outside of the faith and then those who were in the faith. And so um, Ephesians two one starting and you were dead in your trespasses of sins in which you previously walked according to the ways of the world. And then if you go to verse three, he then says we to previously lived among them in our fleshly desires. And all of a sudden it changes from the you to the we, to the us, to the like, yeah. we're in this together. Yeah. And there's just this carrying of of this from that to this that I like, it, when I read that, I loved it. And I wanted to geek out over it. I wanted to go into all the explanations of how cool it was and and how like throughout scripture, we see that that from, from Greek to Jew, and we see that salvation was for both the Greek and the Jew, and, and, and to unpack just how beautiful that is, and, and what it means to then be included into God's family. And I was like, you know, I just, I feel like if I go down that rabbit hole, I'm I'm going to just fully dive in and <laughs> take well, what we're talking part, about. Part it. of that, I've got to say, is on you for choosing Ephesians chapter 2, which yeah, like you could literally true. do a sermon on each verse individually in Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 2. Um, I I wonder if people understand who, who do not preach regularly that I would argue one of the most if not the most, the second most difficult aspect. The, first, the most difficult aspect is is just the pressure of rightly handling the word of God, mm, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to misinform anybody. So that's that's the number one difficulty. The number two difficulty, and I'd be interested to hear if you agree with this or if this is just me, um, but I would say the number two difficulty is, is choosing what not to say. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. there's so much. The Word of God is so rich. It is so deep. It is so nuanced. There's so much in in even just one verse that you could go on and on and on. And just like you shared, I mean, there's clearly excitement behind what you're saying. It's not just like, yeah, this is a fun fact. Like, you're pumped about that. And so we want to communicate all the things in a sermon, but we know ultimately that's not helpful because yeah. you can give too much information and then you can't really glean something helpful from that. So I, I find the second most difficult aspect of sermon preparation, figuring out what not to say. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree with that. I, so I was thinking about, um, it's a toy actually my, my daughter has and I, I hopefully this imagery ends up making sense. If I had it in front of me, it would make a lot more sense, but um, it was funny because during Christmas, our, our, our girls received a lot of gifts. Like they're so loved, and and so we put a couple in the closet, and we were like, "You can play with those later." And then we forgot about them. <laughs> we forgot about those toys until like May. Uh, so like five months later, and we're like, "Oh yeah, those were those were the gifts they were given." And so we we took it out, and one of them was uh, it was a cube. Uh, and it was probably about a half a foot by a half a foot, and it had ABC written on it. And then you okay. open it up, there was a smaller cube that had uh, the next 
three letters, D, E, F, and then uh, another smaller cube, then another smaller cube, then another smaller cube, all the way down to one tiny cube that is like an, an inch in all of its sides, and okay. it had the letter Z on it, right? And so when you pick it up, it's just this one cube that is six inches in uh, all around, but then as you like open it up and you take each one of them out, like it becomes a mess because all of a sudden you have like 12 cubes laying around your living room floor, right? Made out of cardboard. And I feel like unpacking scripture, like it's an, it's, it's a, it's a good phrase unpacking because like what yeah. you're trying to get to is the Z. You're trying to just take that, that one small cube and ex- explain it. But when you take the one cube out, then you take another cube out and then you take another cube out. And all of a sudden, like you're trying to unpack this one truth and there are all these other truths that you're like, right. I've got to not include that in because it's going to be confusing. It's right. going to be messy. It's going to go all over the place. All of which are equally awesome. Yes. Right. So it's yeah, not yeah, yeah. like oh, I got to get through all these obstacles and all this garbage to get to the good stuff. It all it's all good stuff. Yeah. And so you're, yeah. it feels kind of painful sometimes being like, uh, I can't. We can't wrestle with the DEF box right now because we got to get to that yeah. Z cube. Like exactly, exactly. And and I feel like scripture is like that because you read one passage and you're like, oh, well, that reminds me of this and that reminds me of this. And then all of a sudden you're like, because scripture, that's the beauty of scripture is over the course of the 66 books, you have just this incredible consistency that is self-authenticating and, and, and beautiful. And you just, yes, you could go a million different directions yeah. with it. Which is why we never stop reading it. We never stop studying it because we will not ever exhaust its its beauty, its wisdom, its its revelation of who our God actually is and and who we get to be because of Him. Like that's why we preach it every single Sunday and read it every single day because it's it is limitless in that. So good news is we're never going to run out of content to preach uh, because each verse we could preach for a year on and 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 it would be just as exciting yeah i mean i could the shortest verse in the bible jesus wept we could do this oh, whole man. series yeah. on yeah. that two-word verse like that's so there's so much in that uh and so i i i do love getting to preach and i love getting to hear preachers so thanks again for for handling the word well and encouraging us this Thank week you. Uh, if you have questions that that Christos message raised, please don't hesitate to let us know. So you can email us. Um, you can uh, by going to the website. You can email uh, the office. It'll get to him directly. You can you can uh, go to the uh, who we are section on the webpage, and all of our pictures are on there. If you click on any of those, you can email us directly. Um, you can call the office. You can come knock on the window. You can. <laughs> yeah. There are multiple avenues of contact, uh, and we would love to hear uh, either your questions or just ways that you have been encouraged. We want to hear how God is working in and through you. And so if uh, either through the message or, uh, or just something you were reading on your own this week, we, want, we would love to hear that because uh, we are always excited by hearing what our God is doing. So don't hesitate to share that stuff as well. Um, Christoph, thanks so much for taking yeah, time thank with me you. today. Thank you. Yeah, this it, was super encouraging. It, it is super encouraging. It was, I, I shared with you right beforehand that we even heard that somebody wanted to get baptized after yes. the Sunday, which, um, you know, not by any of our doing here on staff, but just by the Lord's stirring in somebody's heart. Doing what and he does. so yeah. 
even alongside that, it's, it's not a question or a comment. Or if you you heard that message and you you go, I I need to because we witnessed a baptism on Sunday, right. which is awesome. That's it's right. such a great thing to be a part of. Um, if you want to get baptized, like if you heard that and you're like, I need I, I need to I need to have that outward profession of that conviction of of God's work inside of me. Uh, let us know. Let us know. And and um, I it's August twenty third. Twenty third. Yep. We're we'll aiming for at the park. yeah yeah worship at the park, and we're gonna do some baptisms at the old Peshtigo River. We have to get. That's right. I, I, my, my old church, we one time got a, uh, a, a, like a folk band to like, and they, they played the, uh, what is like the old Americana folk classic, come down to the river and pray. I don't, I'm butchering however it goes, but it's like the most classic oh, man, bluegrass awesome. yep. folk song. And they played it as people came down to get baptized. That's Anyways, delightful. Yeah. That's yeah. delightful. I'll, if somebody has a banjo that they're willing to give me, I will try to learn how to play that. That'd be awesome. I would love that. I've always wanted to play an accordion. That's one of my really? yeah. That's one of my like bucket list end of my life. I would love to learn how to play the accordion. So, okay, so we're so putting banjo, we're putting out the I'll... call banjo and or accordion. If anybody out there has one of those, you can be an integral part <laughs> in the creation of the future Faith Bluegrass Band. Love it. Yep, let's do it. Church, we love you. Thanks so much for listening, and we can't wait to see you soon. Oh,